Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it bring it to the bring Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with a Newcastle update, joined by Jake, who, of course, hosts the championship show sometimes, this very show sometimes. You can also find him on Twitter, at Jake Jackman, with two N's. Uh, welcome in, Jake. It's an absolute delight, not only uh, because it's potentially good news for your club, but because a thing has happened in sport which is Newcastle, apparently very close to new ownership. What's the current lay of the land and who all is involved? Yeah, it's, it's a bit crazy, really. You'd think that this is probably the last time you'd want to buy a, a Premier League football club, but it seems to be happening, uh, all prefaced by the usual caveats that it hasn't happened yet. And we've been here so many times before, and Mike Ashley is a very unpredictable individual. So I wouldn't like to say it's definitely happening, but it seems that it, it is a lot further along than it's ever been before. Um, it's, a, it's a group uh, consisting of, um, I think the front-facing person will be Amanda Stavely, who's been involved in bids before. Um, there's also the Rubin brothers, who are who have a considerable wealth. I think they're the second richest family in the UK, um, and they're both taking 10% each, and it's the public investment fund from Saudi Arabia that are meant to be taking the 80%. So that is obviously the one taking the headlines because their wealth is, is phenomenal. Um, and obviously that that would be a new sort of level of wealth coming into the Premier League. So it's, it's exciting, but also, you know, worrying at the same time, depending which side of the fence you sit on. And I'm sure we'll come on to all of that. But it seems that they've agreed a deal with Mike Ashley. It, it, it all seems to be going along as it should. Um, documents that have been released on, on Companies House, which is, of course, uh, everything needs to be made public these days on, on that site. So things can come come to light on there before they do through official announcements. I think that's where this sort of the latest optimism and that the developments have come from. Um, but it's being backed up by journalists. They seem to think that the, the, it, it's widely accepted that the Premier League are uh, doing checks on this. Um, and then when, when they've got through the, the fit and proper persons test, it, it's assumed that this is all going to go through in the next three to four weeks. Um, so yeah, that, that is, that is the hope. Whether it does or not, we, we'll we'll see in, in the coming weeks. But it, it is pretty much the the main story of something actually happening in football at the moment. So it's 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 interesting uh, to follow. Uh, and as a as a fan, it's it's exciting, obviously, because people that have listened to this show for a long time will know my views on Mike Ashley. I don't think that the club were ever going to progress under him. So if, if there is new owners, that that's got to be exciting. And the the wealth that they command between them is is. Yeah, it it would probably make Newcastle the the richest club in the world overnight, which is which is remarkable, really. 
Yeah, it certainly is welcome, as you say, because it's anything happening in in the world of sport at the moment. Um, you mentioned a couple of reasons why uh, this this bid might be a little bit different than previous ones, but why are we so much more confident about this bid than previous ones? When, as you say, we have been burned so frequently before. Yeah, I think I think one of them has got to be that it's that the people involved, like if, if the Saudi public investment fund which which are, is controlled by the government if they they're going to want something they've got the money and the probably that the, they don't really they don't they get what they want all the time so if, they, if they're involved the, the level of wealth and just the the commitment to it uh, probably means it's going to happen you've also got what's going on with the the COVID-19 stuff in the world Mike Ashley's probably a more willing seller than he's ever been before he needs cash flow he needs selling an asset now one as big as Newcastle but for what is touted to be around 300 million is going to help him a lot with his other businesses um, so you, and, and the uncertainty over football and, and what's going to happen there you know maybe there's going to be a future drain on his finances through the club if if television money needs to be returned and stuff like that so it, it's probably a headache for him at this point uh, and one that he can easily get rid of um, get money in and, and sort his other business sides out. So that's probably part of it as well. Um, but it's, you know, this this whole thing has been going for almost two years and I understand he's been trying to buy the club. So it's not something that's happened overnight, but I think maybe that it's been accelerated by what's been going on in the world. And, and you know, that that's probably why now Mike Ashley thinks, yep, yeah, it's the right time to, to cut his ties with Newcastle and make a pretty healthy profit on, on what he spent on the club nearly 13 years ago. Yeah, you mentioned the the Saudi family now a couple of times, and as you mentioned, um, it being the Royal Fund that would be potentially backing up the club, leading to that potential richest club in the world status that could happen overnight. Of course, with the Saudi royal family uh, comes up a lot of humanitarian questions, uh, which you know we are perhaps not the most... Uh, qualified to discuss fully but uh, as a Newcastle fan and this potentially being the outcome in terms of new ownership are you at all concerned about the the sports washing or the discourse that has surrounded this potential deal it's a difficult one um it's a it is a really difficult one um you know first and foremost the 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 joy you get you see on social media now from Newcastle fans is being criticized by by some national journalists it's more so of, of what what this represents in terms of Mike actually leaving the club rather than what's coming in. I don't think that fans are so concentrating on that at that point. It's just they've become so disattached to the club under Mike Ashley that they want the change and the possibilities that this could bring, you know, we can start to hope for Newcastle again instead of sort of dreading what's going to happen next. And I, I think that's the main thing which is happening right now. It, it would be incredible to think that Newcastle fans could become experts in the human rights record in Saudi Arabia overnight. Like, why would a, a supporter of a Premier League club in England have a have a view on that? And why should they be the ones taking action? If you know the UK government and um, I mean, I've even seen Richard with with Mohammed bin Salman. So why would why would we be the ones to take that stand? I think that's quite unfair. Um, it's it's a very difficult issue, and it's one that everybody has to come to an opinion on within themselves. Um, so obviously, I don't think any Newcastle fan would, would condone the stuff that 
that they're accused of and things that have happened in Saudi Arabia um, that have been talked about on social media. I don't think anybody would condone that, but at the same time, why, if, if we're unable to, to, you know, make a difference to what Mike Ashley does at the football club, if we're unable to, to stage a protest to get him to sell the club, why are we the best, most qualified to, to go up against the state of Saudi Arabia? It's quite remarkable. Um, I think that journalists are sort of missing that point. It's it's not it's not up to us to, to take that stance. Um, stance, you know, in in an ideal world, we'd want the most ethical billionaire to come and buy the club uh, and run it, and you know, give fans a, a big say on what's going on. But that's not going to happen. You know, that then the needle's passed in that regard in the Premier Premier League. Um, your Qatari invest in in what's going on at Manchester City. You know, football has been accepting what some would consider dirty money for a long time it's it's past that point now um so yeah i think i think as a fan um maybe it's selfish but i've concentrated on what they did to my football club rather than what goes on in in saudi arabia you know it's that's not really my my place to have an opinion on um and if that's sort of just putting my head in the sand then, then maybe that's what i would do you know it i think that um, spoke to Richard on, on Twitter, or at least had an exchange with him who comes on this show. He's obviously had this for a long time and I think that maybe the, the people that are buying Newcastle are in the, even in a different league to the Manchester City owners but you know what he said is that you know if you've got it's okay to have ethical sort of considerations but there's you know in our daily life we, we drink coffee we don't you know we, we eat things we wear clothes we use Apple products you know we where do you suddenly start to consider ethics in, in your enjoyment of the capitalist society? It's mm. it's a difficult one. It everybody it you know, I'd love to have the most ethical billionaire take over Newcastle, but if that's not gonna happen, if if the Saudi Arabians come in and, and make Newcastle a a good team again, we challenge for trophies, it's gonna make it all, I guess digestible for me as a fan but you know that's, that's maybe selfish but I don't think that, that Newcastle fans can be the ones that, that, that called out for this there's, there's bigger bodies and, and bigger things that play that should be concentrating on that yeah, well, I really appreciate your answer on, on that, which I know is a tough question. Uh, you mentioned in there uh, that it's really more of a celebration of Mike Ashley's potential departure than it is really caring about who it actually is coming in. Of course, there have been others in the past that the fan base has been excited about potentially taking over from Mike Ashley. So as it looks like he is about to depart, what is his legacy going to be at the club in terms of the highs and the lows of his tenure? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
yeah, I think that there have been some good points. Um, you know, he's always kept ticket prices low. He's always, um, you know, we've, we've had a, we've been relatively stable. There's been a couple of relegations, but, you know, there's clubs in a lot worse positions than we are, but it's, it's just the, the general lack of care that's gone into, into the club. The facilities haven't really got better since he got here. Um, he's made several questionable decisions, alienated um, icons of the club. Um, Alan Shearer and Kevin Keegan being two of those. So um, obviously changing changing the name of the stadium to benefit his own personal business. Um, the, the graffiti around the stadium, which is like hundreds of sports direct signs. It's, there's not really been much hope for Newcastle. It's just been like we've been existing. Um, and really, the, the club has been more of a marketing tool for him than than it has been a a, a club of the community that can do good things. Um, we had obviously brought in Rafa Benitez, which which was a good point, but even that was was filled with bad decisions from the owners. So yeah, he, he's not going to be remembered well. Um, he's we've never really achieved anything under him. I think we got a fifth place finish once, but when we have the opportunity to then push on, we signed one player in that summer and, and went backwards. So it was, I don't think he's really ever understood football. Um, and yeah, it's over time that just a, the disconnect between the supporters and, and the club has just continued to increase. So I, I think that you'd struggle to find one Newcastle United fan that, that was, that has had a positive experience of being owned by him, which, which I think says a lot. Yeah, and with this potential new group and, and all of their resources, which we've mentioned previously, uh, what would you expect from this new ownership group in, in terms of how the club was run? Uh, that's a, the, the difficult thing, I think. that um, There's still a lot of unknowns about it. We don't know who's going to be heading up the board. We don't know who's going to be involved. It, from, from what you can read, it seems that it's going to be a lot more comprehensive than what we've got at the moment. We've we've got about one person that actually sits on the board. We we've probably got the least professional looking hierarchy of a of a sports team. So in in, in that respect it's gonna be a lot better and, and we might be able to actually have a, a good structure, improve the facilities, maybe in, um increase the stadium capacity, improve the, the playing squad, start to challenge at the right end of the Premier League. Uh, which is something we haven't done for a long time. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's going to be a lot more ambitious. Uh, people, you know, I, I go on social media most days, and you see people talking about spending four hundred million, bringing in bringing in Pochettino or Allegri to manage. I think that's getting a little bit too ahead of yourselves. Um, we don't quite know what they want to do yet. So it's going to be a lot. Uh, there's still a lot unknown, and if they do complete this takeover, I think we'll get a lot more, I guess, official messages coming out from them um, through the club as they would be able to as owners. So, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot still to be written, but if, you know, if that they have, which I think even the 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 Ruben brothers who, who had taken up 10%, they'd be the, the second richest owners in the Premier League in their own right. Uh, so when you add in the, the Saudi Arabian wealth, which I think is, is multiple times the wealth of Manchester City, you'd think that they would invest and, and look to challenge at the very top of the Premier League over time so that's going to have to to include player investment it's going to have to include improving the, the coaching staff and replacing the manager you'd probably suggest would be one of the first things they'd look to do uh, once the season had been resolved 
one way or another. Um, don't think they'd want to do it immediately, but w- once we- this season has been, I guess, closed off, whether that's completed through playing games or abandoned, I think that's probably something they'd look to do as well. So, yeah, a lot of unknowns, but definitely exciting compared to what's happening under Mike Ashley, where we'd be worrying about which players we'd be selling. Um, whereas I think under this new ownership, if they do complete it, it would be we'd be looking at which players we'd be buying and, and looking up the league rather than worrying about relegation. Yeah, definitely a lot of things change when when your cash influx changes this much. Um, you mentioned potentially a change of manager. Of course, we, we've talked this season a little bit, if Steve Bruce deserves a little bit more credit because of where you are on the table, but I know statistically you haven't been performing great. Um, are, and you said that you thought Pochettino and Allegri were, were potentially like kind of moonshot targets. Uh, who who do you think would be more reasonable uh, to, to come in? And would you feel a little bit bad for Steve Bruce considering where you are at the table in case this season ends where it is now or if it ever picks back up again? Yeah, I, I feel a little bit sorry for Bruce. I think that he's, you know, we've, we're in the epic of quarter final uh, whenever that is going to be played, if it is ever played. We're, we're safe in the Premier League, I think probably um and if he hadn't done the job he had done even if he's been a little bit lucky um in some of the games this takeover might not even be happening so you know you've got to to say he's done a good job in in that respect but if this new ownership wants a challenge for europe and you know in in five ten years time challenge for champions league places he's probably not the manager to do that um and, you know, I said Allegri and Pochettino might be unrealistic, but at the same time, if you've got that money behind you, maybe maybe they're not. It's it's a difficult one and one that I don't know the answers to, but I think Rafa Benitez has once again been linked um, currently in China, so maybe a little bit more attainable. He's obviously got a connection with the club. Um, so he might be one big, well, he's got a, a big release clause, but if, if the new owners want to go and pay that, they, they easily could. So... I think they're expecting something uh, like that to happen. So he might be the person that comes in, which there's a lot of positives from that. He's obviously got the connection. He's he's worked with a lot of these players. But at the same time, there's, there's a part of me, which I, I'm probably one of the few Newcastle fans that have this part of me that thinks that, you know, he did leave. He, he went to China. Is that showing the ambition that perhaps a manager of his level should show? Um, maybe not. Is, is he a manager capable of, of taking a team into the Champions League. You know, he hasn't been there for many years now, so we don't know. Um, he's definitely one that could could start the project off, but yeah, I'm, I'm not as completely set on him as other Newcastle fans are, but I'm sure that would quickly go if it did come, if he did come back, because he obviously did so well at the club for the, the period that he was here. So I think he's one that to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely me something they'd look to do and it would be slightly harsh on Bruce and I think people already saying he's off as soon as this goes through is probably a little bit short-sighted because we've got a season to finish and it would make no sense to to make that managerial change until this season has been finished so I think he'll get that chance to finish it off and and if he does go he can probably hold his head up high thinking of the job he did do for a year um, stabilising the club and, and getting us back you know getting this takeover to go through with a Premier League status and a good FA Cup run, which has given fans a good distraction from the the lack of ambition we've shown in the past. Yeah, you also mentioned potential purchases. I know you were close to getting uh, Bubakari Samare from 
Lille uh, in in January. Was it January or the summer? I think it was January. Um, obviously, a high profile player already. Is that the kind of player that you think you could expect to come in through the doors? And if so, or even if not, are there any names that you're kind of looking at as potentially good buys now that you have this kind of influx of cash? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think he's probably probably one that they'd look at. Um, and, and I think they agreed a 50 million deal in January. So given what's going on, 50 million probably becomes 30 million overnight. So definitely one that they might go for. Um, but, you know, with a new ownership, they might bring in new scouts and stuff. They might have new recruitment. You know, a director of football has been spoken about, a new manager, like targets change with all of that. And changing ambitions, I guess, might mean that a higher level of play, although Samar, he was probably way out of our, our level anyway. But, you know, a new level of play will be targeted. Normally with these things, um, you get a big high profile player come in straight away to sort of signify the new era. We had it at Man- Manchester City with, with Rubinho, I think PSG brought in Zlatan and, and Cavani pretty quickly after they were bought by the Qataris. So we might get that sort of big name player come in um, to start it off with. You know, it's it, it's crazy to think, to start speculating now. With, I, can't, I can't really think of many players, but I think that we definitely see a, a higher level of player targeted than, than we have been doing. Um, and I think that given what's going on in the world, like it, when football eventually resumes and the transfer window opens there'll be a lot of clubs needing to sell players to sort of sort out cash flow problems whereas Newcastle would come out of this in a much stronger position financially so maybe there'd be scope to to capitalize on that um and sort of I don't know accelerate the the progression from a a club battling relegation to one challenging and in the top top half of the division so there's definitely that that scope for that um and I think that that's quite exciting, and and maybe that's why the 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 new owners continue to push to buy the football club because they see there's an opportunity with with FFP regulations being relaxed. Maybe after the the the, the coronavirus, it, maybe there's going to be it, it'll be much easier to to make Newcastle from where they are now into a team that challenges near the top. All right. Uh... Thank you so much for answering all of my questions. Do you have any final thoughts that you wanted to share of your own? Um, just hoping this does finally go through, and then I can we can learn where Newcastle are going um, because it's still very uncertain at the moment. And as we've said multiple times, still hasn't happened yet. So in a few weeks' time, this this podcast may may seem very pie in the sky, and we might still be talking about another year of my capacity. So. Just hoping it goes through and that we can finally concentrate on a future where Mike Ashley is not part of this podcast on a on a weekly, <laughs> monthly basis would be nice. Yeah, he, he's very much become the Zaha when we have Crystal Palace fans on, where it somehow always somehow leads back to him. Um, but <laughs> here's the hoping that you don't have to come on here and talk about Mike Ashley ever again. As you say, time will tell in that regard. But thanks again for coming on. If you'd like to tell the folks where they can find you, now would be a good time. Yeah, you can get me on Twitter at Jacob with two ends as normal. Anything I do, I'll post on there and I'll probably be posting my thoughts. Let's take over as it progresses uh, in the next few weeks. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, he also helps host the Championship Podcast, which I think just came out with an episode this last week. So be sure to check that out as well. Uh, we recorded a show a week ago, week and a half ago um, for this very channel. So if you want 
the latest Premier League news go there. It sounds like there is going to be a Premier League meeting today. Um, so if any big news comes out of that, we will try to get something out for you for next week. But anyway, thanks so much, Jake, for coming on. Folks at home, thanks so much for sticking with our seemingly <laughs> random posting schedule. Uh, but we'll continue to come out with news as it comes into us. But thanks again, Jake and folks at home. We hope you keep listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.